Mr. DevOps shorts The show to listen to when your DevOps hurts And even when you're going strong It's short and sweet, so come along Hello folks and welcome to DevOps Shorts, the show where we invite wonderful human beings for a lightning fast conversation about devs, ops, and other mythical creatures. The show where each episode only lasts 15 minutes and we only ask three questions. So it's short and sweet. Why? Well, because if there's one thing we know, it's that great delivery comes in small batches. And today I'm very excited to have Heidi Waterhouse is my guest. Heidi is a widely experienced technical writer, a professional communicator, and now also the developer advocate at Launch Darkly. Did I get that right? Yep. How are you, Heidi? I'm doing great today. How are you? I'm uh, I'm good. I, I have you. That that's what makes me happy. And uh, without further ado, we'll dive straight into our three questions. And the first question is about love. So I have this naive assumption that uh, everybody who comes on the show loves what they do. And uh, you've been working in and around IT for a long time. And doing technical writing, and I suppose there's something you love about being in IT, and this question is about this. Why, Heidi? Why do you love IT? I love the aha moment, the moment when somebody gets it, and they can do what it is that they've been wanting to do easily. I was just watching somebody deal with a whole bunch of AV issues for a streaming service, and I'm like, I know how to fix that for you. I can buy you $150 thing, a stream deck, and I can fix that for you. And this is going to be so cool. And I think that that feeling of being able to match a problem with a tool and really apply all of my experience to solving somebody's real life problem is, is what gets me up in the morning. And I think that one of the things I want to work on is making sure that everybody understands that they have the ability to both solve problems and accept help getting their problems solved. No matter what level you're at, there's always gonna be something that you don't know and something that you do know. Mm, wonderful. So solving problems. But one could say that problem solving isn't uh, essential for IT only. There are many areas where, where you solve problems. Anything else, anything that you feel is very special about IT, you know, as compared to, I know, I know you have a hobby suing your own clothes, right? Yeah. So how is that different? Uh, it's interesting. Sometimes I, I have a little Tumblr called uh, Agile Sewing and, or Agile Crafting. And it's about how to take all of these Agile methodologies and apply them to something that is not at all IT related. Um, and I think that it's really interesting to look at IT as a place where we have more room to experiment. I think mm -hmm. that because we're shoving, you know, essentially ones and zeros around, it's easier than if we physically cut something, it, it's always going to be cut. Like if we, if we segment some code, we can smoosh it back together and no one will ever be able to tell. 
But if we cut a piece of fabric, it's always going to have been cut or a piece of wood or, you know, even the earth. When we cut into it, we change the microbiome of it. So I think that IT is this immense playground for being able to make changes without necessarily making something uh, permanent. Yeah, yeah, I get that a lot. The, the, the playfulness, the, this game-like uh, possibility of, of doing things and then, and then redoing them and then reverting them. Yeah, the, yeah, I get that. Wonderful. Okay, we have uh, about a minute left from this question. More fun with the blitz questions in the end. And let's go straight to our next question. And that question is about DevOps. After all, the show is called DevOps Shorts. So you said aha moment, and that's exactly the term that the authors of the DevOps handbook use when they tell us about that, that moment when they realized that the way things used to work in IT more than 10 years ago sucked, but then they realized they had that moment that showed them there is a better way of doing IT. And that way was DevOps. So what was that moment for you? Was there a moment? So it's really interesting for me to watch the evolution of DevOps. Uh, my best friend is a sysadmin, and she says that when we talk about DevOps, what we're actually saying is DevOps, and <laughs> that sysadmins are, we're not making a lot of new sysadmins because we don't feel like we need them because we're not administering our own data centers on-prem as much as we used to. Uh, but that sysadmins specifically have less of that sense of playfulness and mutability that developers do because they actually have to face physical constraints. Like there is an absolute maximum amount of internet out there. And you can buy it from CDNs and you can buy it from flag providers, but there are only so many of the rocks that think. So I have a friend who works for Fastly and she's like, people want to scale out really rapidly at the start of COVID, but I, I have to order the, the silicone, the rocks that think from China, and it takes time to get them to a data center and get them all cabled up. And that's not a constraint I can change with software. And so I think one of the interesting things that I've been thinking about DevOps is that it's part of a pendulum, like all of technology exists on a pendulum. And I've been fascinated watching this because when I started in technology, um, like, like very early before I started working in technology, but when I was a little kid, uh, we, we had a lot of sort of like uh, mainframe terminal uh, architecture, right? There was a server, terminal wasn't very smart. Uh, the mainframe did most of the, you just mm -hmm. collected and inputted data on the, on the terminal. And then we moved very heavily into smart PCs. So everything that you needed to do, your desktop PC could do pretty much, except for some like supercomputing applications that were not generally applicable. And then we went to the cloud and mm -hmm. it feels like the cloud is progress because we're like, oh, we've taken all of this compute that you used to have to do on your desk and it was hot and noisy. And you know, you kicked the server and the cord came out, everything went down, it was, it was bad. What if we take this all and put it in the cloud where somebody else administers it 
and then we don't have to worry about it. But that's really just a mainframe and a terminal. It's the same architecture. And so I've been fascinated watching people say, okay, we took everything to the cloud, but it turns out that there are some things it's hard to push back down through the pipe fast enough for it to be useful. Like you need a gaming PC to do that compute on your, on your local system, right? So we're gonna start pushing things back down. It, the, the AWS announcements, it, when we recorded this, reInvent is still going on. The AWS announcement about basically they will sell you racked servers that are Amazon administered but live in your data center uh, was the most hilarious thing I've ever seen because I'm like, look, the cloud has come home. We all have our own <laughs> mini clouds in data centers that we have to air condition and maintain ourselves. Um, I think the, the cool thing for me about DevOps is it gives us this historical perspective to be able to say, not how are we doing things, although it ends up sounding a lot like how are we doing things, but why are we doing them? What is it that we're trying to accomplish with DevOps? Like if we wanna do uh, configuration as a service, if we wanna be able to deploy these vast branches of nearly identical and they're not even servers, containers, you know, functions as a service, whatever. That's that's really smart, and we can do that. And you know, we used to do that with like pixie boots, right? Eddie, that was beautiful, and we've hit the gong. So, but, but the story was was really uh, really <laughs> interesting, compelling. I, I I would love to listen to you more, but that's the format. Yes. <laughs> so we have to, you know. We have to follow the formats. Mm -hmm. There are some rules you have to follow. Okay, and without further ado, we'll go straight to our third question, which is my favorite one, by the way, because I like to call myself the software delivery futurist. And uh, the question is actually about the future. So this is your chance to look into the future and tell us what you think it's going to bring to DevOps you were just talking about the historical perspective that DevOps gives us. So where does that historical perspective extend to in the future in your eyes? And to IT in general, and maybe to the humankind as a whole, because we know everything is interconnected. Go wild. I, I love my wild futurist hat. Uh, that's why I dye my hair so I don't have to wear the hat all the time. <laughs> so I think in the future, users are going to be able to select the software that they want. I think we've seen this trend coming and it's going to become more and more clear that um, if you want to think of a, a really large example, GitHub Universe just happened and everybody is super opinionated, they may be happy or sad, that you now have a dark mode in GitHub. And you can select whether you want to be a cave dweller and have dark mode for everything or whether you want to uh, look like you work in an office and have light mode for everything or a mix of the two. And I think that is an indicator of where we're heading where people will be able to pick and choose elements of software instead of having these giant conglomerations of all of the features that ever existed pushed on them. So when you think about it, when you think about like a word processor, there are some things that people never use in word processors uh, because it's just not how they write. Like uh, some people have never investigated the different spacing in paragraphs. 
what if you could take that button off so you never accidentally activated it? Because if you activate it, you don't know how to fix it because you never use it. It's just, it's just not your thing. Um, I think that we're going to give people a lot more autonomy about how they experience our software. And we're going to come to think of our software as a menu instead of a, a prefix meal where you get what you get. And I think that's super exciting because it has a lot of implications for accessibility and configurability and flexible pricing. It's gonna be like a nightmare sales-wise because like, how do you figure out the cogs and the business value of whatever you're selling if you part it out into pieces? But it also is gonna be so great because you're going to be able to tell what is actually something that people use and what is something that a developer at some point thought was a good idea and put into the, the feature set and nobody actually uses. And that's gonna be so cool. It's gonna give us that, that iterative DevOpsy rapid feedback that we've been looking for from our users, which is some, it's a group that we don't do a good job talking to for as much as we talk about them, we don't talk to our users nearly as much as we should. Right, yeah. And this disconnect from our users is something that, that causes uh, the most pain. Yes. To us, it, ourselves. It, and we were saying at a previous conversation, we are, we are alienated from the product of our labor. Like we don't understand how our things get used in the world. And if we don't understand that, we can't make them better. Right. And we don't even have the motivation to make them better. <laughs> right. We don't care. We're like, I, I, do the, I do IT because of money, you know? I like living indoors and eating food. Yeah, there is even some loathing uh, towards the users. Uh, they're not using it right. <laughs> yeah. And... should have never let them use it in the first right? place. They keep messing it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, wonderful. And uh, now we go to the blitz questions. Okay. So uh, let me see. Okay, we only have a minute left. So the first question I ask every techie that comes on here is, uh, do you believe in cryptocurrency? No, no, what a scam. Like, <laughs> do I believe in cryptography? Yes. Do I believe that there's a sucker born every minute? Yes. Have fun with that. Okay, wonderful. Uh, what do you think is the most exciting tech outside of information tech? I think that there's a bunch of interesting stuff going into um, adaptive movement. Like, how do you deal with Parkinson's? Like, it, there's a spoon that counter vibrates uh, according to your tremula. I'm like, this is so cool. Mm, I agree. I agree. So, like, uh, augmentation of, of movement. Yeah. yeah. And uh, well, I think I think we'll finish with that because we only have eight seconds left, and we'll hear the gong. And with that, I'll say. <laughs> and with that, I'll say thank you, Heidi. It was a lot of fun having you. Thanks a lot. Yes, thank you. It was good to see you. Short and sweet. Thank you for listening and watch out for new episodes of DevOps Shorts.